When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, we are doing another listener question episode. But first, I have an announcement. So I am actually undergoing a big move to a new place physically in the world, which means I have to take a few weeks off so I can get all my stuff in a big old bundle and a big old backpack and start trekking my way all the way across the country. <laughs> uh, so that means I will need a few weeks off to do everything, but do not worry. I will be back. I am still going to do the podcast. And in fact, I will be back for a new season. I don't now that I'm recording this, I don't remember what season we are. I think it's season three. I think it's season three. So season three is coming up. It is going to premiere on September 8th. But before you panic, thinking, what the heck? How, what am I going to do with our creature feature between now and September 8th? Well, don't you worry. I'm going to have, during this time... Uh, some listener question episodes just like this one. I'm also going to have some old episodes that I am going to dig up from the way back of the pod closet. These old tapes, old dusty old tapes, you know, wipe the dust off of them. Gonna re-upload them, do some, do some little fix-ups, little edits here and there with little, little intros. And yeah, so just some of my favorite episodes that I've done over the years that I'm going to revitalize, do a little spit shine on so you can listen to them. So I will still be putting out episodes every week until we're back. Uh, But uh, yeah, I I really appreciate everybody for listening to the podcast all this time. Now I'm so excited for season three. I've got, got big plans, big plans, just big elephant sized plans. It's not like an actual elephant. I'm not going to have an elephant on the show. 
I really looked into that option, though. I gave it serious thought, but unfortunately, it's hard to get a mic stand to the level of an elephant. And get, getting all the levels right, it's, it's really hard. If you do any audio editing, you know how hard it is to do a podcast with an elephant. It's very difficult. But other than that, I, I have some, some good plans, some fun, fun new segments I think I'm going to do on the show. So I'm very excited. And I cannot wait to come back for season three. And in the meantime, please enjoy the listener question episodes and my old episodes because they are some of my favorites. I think you'll really like them. So let's get right into the listener questions, you guys. So this week for listener questions, I thought I would focus on a theme, and that theme is pets. We love our pets, but not just the kitties and the doggies. We love all pets. And here's the first question it is from James on Twitter who wrote to me, what's up with the cutest animal, hermit crabs? So I had a hermit crab as a pet when I was a kid, and I got to say, not the best pet. I, I loved it. I really did love it. But its favorite thing to do was crawl inside my armpit, pinch my skin, and not let go until I literally had to use tweezers to delicately pry its claws open so it would release me, which, you know. I don't think it was fun for either me or the hermit crab, to be honest. But I didn't. Maybe it was trying to see if my armpit could be its new home. It was hoping, maybe. I don't know. Uh, also, if you have a hermit crab as a pet, it actually requires a lot of care. To keep it healthy and alive, you need to provide new, bigger shells for it as it grows. It needs moisture. It needs food. It needs space. Uh, if you're ever looking into getting a pet, even one as simple as a hermit crab, definitely do a lot of research beforehand so you know you have the right environment and the right resources for it because they are delicate creatures. Despite their hard-looking exterior, they're actually quite soft on the inside, as you will find as we discuss. So hermit crabs are a family of very interesting crustaceans that famously do not grow their own shells. Instead of investing in armor they grow themselves, like most of their decapod cousins like crabs and lobsters, hermit crabs don't armor their abdomens and instead rely on the protection of abandoned shells from dead mollusks. So why invest your own resources into something you can scavenge? This is the strategy of the hermit crab. Its claws and forelimbs have a hard exoskeleton, but its abdomen is soft and curls inwards to one side. Kind of looks like a little macaroni noodle uh, attached to this hermit crab. It can be quite surprising to see the actual body of a hermit crab if you've never seen that. So this curled shape allows it to anchor itself into an abandoned spiraling shell. Hermit crabs are both land-dwelling and marine-dwelling, uh, there are some hermit crabs that have specially adapted for the land and some who mostly spend their time in the ocean. So land-dwelling hermit crabs can breathe as long as their gills are kept moist, whereas primarily marine-dwelling hermit crabs, they can breathe for a limited amount of time if their gills are moist, but mostly they, they do need the, the water. So as hermit crabs grow, they must find new, bigger shells. So normally if you have another decapod, another crustacean, they have that hard exoskeleton that they will grow out of. So what they do is they crack that old exoskeleton, they shed it, they hide while they grow their new exoskeleton. 
hermit crabs, instead of doing that, they exit their old shell that they scavenge from some other mollusk, and then they find a new shell that some dead mollusk left behind, and they use that as their new upgraded home as they grow. Often, uh, they use the shells of sea snails, but other shells will do as well. Some hermit crab species will even use chunks of dead wood or immobile structures such as abandoned coral. Hermit crabs will often compete with other hermit crabs over ideal shells, but sometimes there is a fair amount of cooperation that is truly incredible to see. So if a hermit crab finds a shell that is a bit too large, it will actually hold on to that shell and return to its original cramped shell. And then it waits for a hermit crab to approach the large shell. If it fits this newcomer, that means that the first hermit crab can have the larger crab's old home, which is probably going to be the perfect size for this hermit crab. Imagine you go to the store and you're buying a pair of jeans and you find a pair of jeans that's just one size too big for you, but you hold on to them and someone comes up to you who's a little bigger than you and they've got some old jeans that they've grown out of that would probably fit you perfectly. And you're like, hey, what about these jeans that are a little bit too big for me? And so you swap jeans. And now you have a pair of jeans that fits perfectly, but also you live in the jeans and you never leave the jeans until you get bigger, which now that I'm talking about is kind of been my lifestyle lately, but anyways. So what this results in is a conga line of hermit crabs who are exchanging shells with each other so it's this chain of hermit crabs trading homes one size up. So it's like, all right, I've got a shell. It's too small for me. I found a shell. It's too big for me. You're big enough for this new shell. You take off your old shell. I take that. I don't need my old smaller shell. And then a smaller hermit crab is going to see that and say like, oh, well, I can take this even smaller shell and shed my shell. And then a smaller hermit crab is like, oh, okay, but now I can get this shell. So lines of hermit crabs trading houses the next HGTV reality show, Swapping Hermit Shell Houses, coming to a TV in some kind of ocean near you. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... 
daughter. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Here is another email about pets. Hello, Katie. First of all, I love your show so much. I'm excited for the week's topic. Thank you. Uh, I've always loved animals in science classes so much that a lot of my time was spent researching random animals of my own. I actually have a question for you or the pod. I have a cockatiel named Cora, and she is just full of radiant personality, like hissing at me for looking in her direction and adoring my mom. I was wondering if she may actually experience spite and keep track of people's actions. Parrots, similar to corvids, thrive in group living and can communicate a lot to each other and seem to experience a wide array of emotions. So I think she may be experiencing more than the simple observed risk aversions. Thank you so much for your amazing and hilarious content on Creature Feature. You really make my week all the time. Oh, thank you so much. And this is from Anthony, and Anthony sent me a bird tax uh, who, <laughs> who he reassured me that, that Cora is a vet certified to be a beefy lady. She is larger relative to other cockatiels and with muscle and a tiny bit of stomach pudge, but she's healthy and beautiful. Thank you for this picture of the cute chunk of feathers. That is Cora. Amazing, beautiful, glorious, radiant. So you are correct. Cockatiels and other parrots are highly social and extremely intelligent. In fact, this means that, as you probably know, Anthony, having one as a pet is a massive commitment. They require constant social attention and affection and experience very complex social emotions. So in terms of your question, is it experiencing spite? Does it have these sort of more sophisticated emotions, I would say that's very likely. Studies have demonstrated that cockatiels have a deep understanding of complex cognitive concepts such as object permanence. Object permanence is something that humans have to learn as young babies. They, we go through a period of time where we have to learn about object permanence as we grow into toddlerhood. So, the fact that cockatiels have this sense of object permanence is very promising for their intelligence. 
Cockatiels do hiss, as you mentioned, and typically hissing is to express annoyance. Although there is an exception, male cockatiels will sometimes hiss as part of their courtship rituals. So if it looks at you and hisses, it's definitely giving you some attitude. So cockatiels in the wild demonstrate complex social behaviors. They are endemic to Australia, meaning that's the only place that they are found in the wild. They're one of the smaller members of the cockatoo family. They have a yellow face and a crest and rosy red cheeks and a gray body plumage. They are highly social. They live at least in pairs, if not in large flocks. Sometimes up to 100 cockatiels can flock together. They use their crests as a way to signal their emotions. Perked up crests, that little, little the crest is that little feathery whoop on top of their head, if you know what I'm talking about. The little, the little doodle bopper right on top of their head. It's adorable. Perked up crests can indicate excitement, while flattened crests can indicate anger or defensiveness. But there are less obvious angles of the crest, such as nearly flat, but kind of sticking out in the back, which males sometimes do to appear attractive to females, like they're doing slick back hair or something. Sometimes they have the crest at like a 45 degree angle when they're relaxed. It can be hard as a human to always read a cockatiel's crest expressions, but if you can get a handle of it, you will be able to better understand your cockatiel. If you're thinking about adopting a cockatiel, I would really research them because they can live to be over 25 years old and they need a lot of space to exercise outside the cage and huge amounts of love and attention. I think in some ways, intelligent birds like a cockatiel can be a bigger commitment than a dog. And certainly other parrot species can be a much, much bigger commitment because they live such a long time and they're like... I've said this before, but it's like a two-year-old's brain for some of these birds like cockatoos and parrots and macaws. It's like putting a two-year-old's brain in a dinosaur's body with a very powerful beak that can break through nuts. So you got to really think about if you want to deal with that responsibility. Cockatiels are a little easier to take care of than something like a cockatoo, but they're still a huge commitment. Like I said, they can live to be over 25 years old and they need so much social attention you need to have that time to be able to give them that love and attention uh budgies or parakeets uh as they're called are less intensive they still need socialization they're going to be the happiest if you have them in a group or in pairs but they don't live as long they don't need as much space they live to be about five to eight years old so if you really love birds but you don't think you have the time commitment for a cockatiel uh i would advise getting something like a like a finch or or um you know but if you really want that social interaction with a bird but you, you're maybe kind of a little concerned about having the commitment of something like a cockatiel uh parakeets are highly social uh but they they aren't quite as they don't live as long as they don't need as much as a cockatiel does but they still need attention and they they really do like to be in pairs they really enjoy each other's company uh large cockatoos such as the sulfur-crested cockatoo, can be a huge responsibility. It's like having a screaming dinosaur with a toddler brain, and they can live to be over 60 years old. So if you're interested in owning a bird, really do a lot of research and think about whether your lifestyle will work with the needs of these little flying literal dinosaurs. 
Um, but yeah, if you have the resources, time, and emotional capacity to take care of a cockatiel, they can be extremely affectionate, very rewarding, and form a very intense bond with you. It is absolutely ride or die with birds. I am a huge lover with birds, but I know my limitations. I don't think I could ever own a bird more complicated than a finch, um, with my current lifestyle, even though I have a dog and she requires a lot of attention, but that's part of it. God, this would be such a jealous household if I had to manage the emotional needs of my dog and of a bird. Oh, the drama. Well, I'm avoiding that. <laughs> I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old <laughs> Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Time to talk about cats. It's cats times. Sometimes I feel like I don't talk about cats enough. I love cats. I'm a currently a dog owner. I want to get a cat because my dog seems to uh, accept the presence of cats. She actually likes cats a lot more than she likes other dogs. So uh, big cat lover, 
grew up with cats, so I'm delighted to answer this email about cats. Hi, Katie. I've been meaning to write for ages to tell you how much I enjoy your podcast. Oh, thank you. It was especially helpful during the pandemic. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm really happy to hear that. Here are a few photos of my current kitties, Pangea and Fezzik. Wonderful names. Pangea, my eight-year-old female, is the smaller, dilute tortoiseshell one, and Fezzik, seven-year-old male, is the larger, buff-colored cat. I've seen these cats. I can confirm to you, the listener, they are adorable. So I have a couple of cat-related questions. When Pangea plays, she often likes turning her head so she's looking at me upside down. Any idea why that's a good angle? She also makes little noises during the day, not meowing except when she wants my attention, but little grunts and other small noises, kind of like she's muttering to herself. I have a friend who has a cat who makes similar noises, but until these two, I hadn't run into cats who made noises like that. Do you know if there might be any meaning behind it? Thanks again for your podcast, Erica. Thank you so much, Erica, not only for your kind words, but your beautiful pictures of your wonderful little kitty cats and for your cool question. I love kitties. I, like I said, I had cats growing up. I'm probably riddled with uh, toxoplasmosis. Uh, that's probably why I love cats so much. But uh, <laughs> anyways, as someone who loves both dogs and cats, I really enjoy noting the difference between these two animals. Dogs co-evolved with us in a way that makes it almost intuitive for us to communicate a dog's body expressions, I think, are pretty easily read by a human. Uh, and dogs have gone, undergone these immense changes from when they're wolves. But cats, they basically figured, I'm already perfect. I don't need to change for you humans. Like, I'm going to stay as cat as I can be. So once we started having agrarian societies, cats noticed all the rodent problems we had with our grain. Like, mm, I noticed you got a mouse problem. I can take care of that. Maybe for a little dish of milk. You know, just asking for a little, little bit off the top of your milk and I can take care of your mouse problem. No problem. And that's, uh, that's how we formed this mutually beneficial relationship with these cute little murder beasts. So uh, they were good for our grain supplies, probably good at preventing the spread of disease by killing rats and, and mice. And we had this, we formed a business partnership. So that's why house cat behavior is not all that different from the behaviors of wild felines. They really didn't have to evolve much to be accepted into human society. Their kind of lifestyle worked with ours. Whereas with wolves, wolves are much more aggressive. Their, their kind of lifestyle as wolves in the wild didn't really gel as well with humans. So wolves had to go undergo a domestication in order to fit into our lifestyle. And so that's why a dog, is their behavior and their appearance is much more different from a wolf than say a domesticated cat or a, a, a I guess a house cat compared to say like a wild cat you may see some species of wild cat you look at a cat it's like well their coat color is kind of different but their basic attitudes and and uh, behaviors are are pretty similar now that's not to say wild cats are just like house cats that you can pick up and love and they'll be perfectly fine no but they are their behavior can be remarkably similar. And uh, that's why some of their quirks are just so strange to us and so hard to understand what they're doing. You may be baffled when a cat rolls over on its back and exposes its belly. You think, oh, you want a belly rub? You try to rub the belly. Nope, it was a trap. Now you've got an angry cat scratching your eyes out. Uh, 
when dogs roll over onto their backs, we think, oh, okay, it's a belly rub. And they often are asking for belly rubs. But in cat language, it's like cats are speaking Greek and we're speaking uh, some other language than Greek. Uh, it's so hard to understand them. When cats roll over onto their back, uh, it may be a signal that, hey, I trust you. Uh, it rarely means they actually want belly rubs. Some cats might. You know, cats have very different personalities. Some of them will be real oddballs. Like I had two cats growing up. One was your very classic, like, grumpy cat. She was, she had an attitude. She had pride. She was graceful, a great hunter. And she would flay mice in front of my eyes. And she would accept pets if I did them in a very respectful way. My other cat couldn't kill a fly. He was a goofus. He was scared of his own shadow. And he uh, would want to like sit on my chest with his face in my face every morning. So just very different behaviors from different cats. Um, but generally speaking, a cat rolling on its back means it's comfortable with you and it's showing you its belly uh, because it's saying like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid you're going to attack my belly and, and you're not going to like get me in these sensitive areas. So it, it's comfortable. In terms of cats turning their heads upside down, sometimes a friendly cat will turn their head upside down and like rub it on the ground uh, because they are leaving a pheromone marking on the things that they feel at home with. Uh, but if your cat is just sitting there with its head like turned upside down and it's not rubbing anything and it's just looking at you, I don't really know <laughs> what that means. My best guess is your cat is curious about what you're doing and she's trying to get another angle on you, just trying to get a, a different view of different perspective to maybe better figure out like what's going on with you. Uh, especially if she's playful, she may be trying to get sort of a new perspective of what you're doing, playing around, having a good time, getting a, getting a good view. Uh, as for muttering around the house, so this is another thing where it's really remarkable to me. Different cats often make different vocalizations. I had a cat who would chirp at birds, whereas the other one really wouldn't as much. Uh, but cats do chatter at birds uh, the reason they do this is something of a mystery. There's a number of theories. It could be excitement. It could be frustration at not being able to chase the bird. It could be a form of mimicry. There's a there's a cat, a wild cat called the Margay cat, which is, it looks kind of like an ocelot, if you know what that looks like. It's sort of got rounded ears, a spotted pelt. Uh, it's one of the, it's a smaller uh, wild cat, but uh, it weighs up to about eight pounds or four kilograms. And it lives in Central America, Brazil, uh, Paraguay, in sort of tropical uh, forests. And it mimics the sound of a crying baby monkey. So they actually love to eat uh, monkeys, small mammals. And so they will mimic this cry of a pied tamarind baby. So pied tamarind is a very little monkey, very cute. Um, but for the margay, it's a wonderful meal. So they will pretend to be this little, sound like this little crying monkey. And then that seems to cause other monkeys to go out to investigate. And oops, it was a trap. It's actually pretty insidious when you think about it. This cat is pretending to be a crying baby. And then when the monkeys go and investigate because they want to help, they get eaten quite devilish. 
But in terms of house cats, we don't know if they chirp to try to attract birds. That's not not anything proven. But we do see in the wild that there there is an example of a, a wild cat that does use its vocalization as a form of mimicry. So that is that is potentially possible. Another theory is that cats have an instinctive activation of the throat and mouth muscles when they see prey because that's what they use to like bite the prey. So they're making this little like chirping, squeaking sound because they, they want to bite it, which I don't know if that's true, but whatever the case is, it's very cute. Uh, in terms of your cat just kind of muttering, not in the presence of birds, just kind of stomping around the house and muttering to itself, uh, there's a variety of meanings for cat grunts. Some cats are just more vocal than other cats. They'll just make noises when they move, and it's hard to know exactly what that is. You kind of have to use context for what their little grunts mean. If the cat is content and happy, they're probably just making happy little noises. Just, you know, cats cats like to make noises when they're happy. Sometimes they... Do a little meow, sometimes they purr, sometimes they can just like little make little grunts. So it could be a sign they're just chilling, having a good time, just uh, almost like whistling to itself or something. Uh, if the cat is uncomfortable, she may be voicing annoyance or displeasure. So uh, in order to understand the cat lingo, you've kind of got to take in the cat's body language and general vibe. You got to vibe check your cat all the time. Vibe checking a cat is a complex procedure. Uh, multifaceted operation. Best of luck to you vibe checking your cats. But from what I can tell from these photos, these are happy kitties and they're probably making happy little grunts. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to my pets listener questions episode. If you have a question about your pet or about an animal, about a strange creature that's been stalking you in the night, Send me your questions at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at creaturefeaturepod. You can also find me on Twitter at creaturefeetpod. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That is something very different. Uh, And if you're enjoying the show and you leave a rating and review, I read all the reviews, and I appreciate them. I really do. And, of course, as always, thanks for the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. And, again, we will be back for season three yeah i think it's season three on september 8th uh, with uh, all new episodes all new animals all new terrifying stories about about creatures yeah so i can't wait to see see you guys again and that i mean that because i've got all sorts of spies all over the world that you see a bird outside that's probably me spying on you with my spy birds we can't wait to see you guys again for season three. And uh, But again, in the meantime, we've got oldies but goodies that I'm refurbishing, fit shining for you to listen to. Uh, so stay tuned for those. Creature Features is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday and see you in September for season three. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.